Imagine not knowing what your income would be each week. Financial planning would be a nightmare. Almost 90% of Vision's income is free will donations. When supporters commit to monthly giving, it provides greater certainty when budgeting for regular expenses and weighing up new opportunities that arise. Knowing we can rely on regular gifts each month takes some of the guesswork out of operating a faith ministry. Monthly givers who share our mission are called Visionary Extra Mile Partners. And right now, you're invited to join this growing group of faithful supporters. The amount of your tax-deductible monthly gift is completely up to you. What is most important is knowing that you are standing with us to reach Australia for the gospel. Click the banner at vision.org.au or in the Vision app to find out more about becoming a Visionary Extra Mile Partner. It only takes a few minutes, but will have an eternal impact. Vision. 2020, bringing a biblical perspective on life, culture and current events. Weekdays on UCB's Vision Radio Network. Find out more at vision.org.au. Well, it's great to have your company right across the nation as we open our talkback lines this hour and discussing evangelism to those of different faiths with a specific focus on those from the Islam faith. How do we reach out to those who profess to be a Muslim? Why is it important at this time more than ever before? And how do we actually go about it? Fuad Masri is our guest. He was born and raised in Beirut in Lebanon, and he is in Australia as the guest of the African Inland Mission. We'll find out more through the hour as to uh, how Fuad goes about this and how many years he has been teaching Americans, and is now here in Australia to teach us, how to reach out to those who profess to be a Muslim. It's a very great to be able to welcome Fuad to Vision Christian Radio here on 2020. Fuad, thank you very much for making yourself available and welcome to Vision. Thank you, Matt. Nice to be with you. Wherever you are across Australia, we're going to open the uh, phone lines very soon and ask you to join in. But uh, let's let's get to know our guest first of all. Fouad, uh, as I've just said in our little introduction there, you were born and raised in Beirut in Lebanon, a third-generation pastor with a, a passion for sharing Christ with Muslims. Take us back to uh, Beirut before you emigrated to America can you paint the picture for us? What was your childhood like growing up in a war zone? Yes. Um, my mom is Syrian and my dad is Lebanese. So um, as you see the Middle East boiling, it's very close to my heart. I grew up in Beirut and the war started and we started seeing, you know, Lebanese killing Lebanese and then Palestinian and Syrian and the Israelis. And, you know, the Middle East is not uh, scarce with why we hate each each other. And during the war, I decided to not believe in God because I lost my friend Walid through a bombing with a Palestinian, and I had cousins who died on the Golan Heights. So I hated Jewish people and I hated Palestinians, and I decided not to believe in God. But then the same war uh, that was making me go away from God, somebody asked me, what happens if you die tomorrow? And I said, well, I don't believe in God. And he said to me, well, that's too late, you know. The only guarantee on this planet is everybody will die, and you can't take anything with you. Whatever you have stays here. So I decided to study all religions. I was an agnostic for a few months, but then I discovered that Jesus was different. Jesus says, love your neighbor as yourself. And Jesus says, do unto others what you want them to do unto you. 
that Jesus says, love your enemies. Wow, that's a great statement for the Muslim world. That Jesus says, do not repay evil with evil, but repay evil with good. That Jesus says, I don't call you slaves, because a slave does not know what the master is doing. I call you friends. Uh, through other events happening, I was um, really gripped by the idea that the problem in the Middle East was not weapons, but hate. And the problem in the Middle East was hate in my heart. I hated Jewish people. I hated Palestinians. And God does not want me to hate Arabs and Palestinians. And God does not want me to hate Jewish people. And we had family friends who had uh, died through a bombing. So I went to my room. I knelt by my bed. I closed the door and I prayed. I said, God, forgive me for my sin. Jesus, thank you for coming to earth and healing the sick and raising the dead. Forgive me that I hate people. I want to follow you all my life. The more there is war in Lebanon, I want to be a soldier of love. The more there is war in Lebanon, I want to be a soldier of peace. And God changed my heart. The church I grew up in, uh, Beirut, uh, we've had a regular prayer meeting that prayed for all the religious leaders, all the political leaders. God changed my heart. I started praying for the Palestinians. I started praying for the Israelis. I started praying for all people around me. And as a believer, I started sharing my faith with my classmates. I, my, my classmate Kamal was a Shia, was very devout, very fanatic, and uh, talked to Sunnis, talked to Druze, which is another uh, Islamic cult. So we, I discovered as I was talking to Muslims that they don't not only know their religion per se, they know a little bit about their faith, but they don't know anything about the Bible, nothing about the life of Jesus, nor about uh, what the Bible teaches. And one of the stories that really shocked me is when I was talking to my friend Kamal, I said, I'd like to give you a Bible. He said to me, the Bible has been changed. I said to him, well, uh, did you read it? He goes, no. I said, well, how do you know the Bible has changed? He goes, my dad told me. I said to him, did your father read it? He goes, no. I said, how does your father know that it's been changed? He goes, well, grandpa told him. I said, well, what, how did your grandfather read it? He goes, no. I said, how does grandfather know that the Bible's been changed? He goes, well, his dad told him. So I discovered that my classmate, and then discovered many other people, and today 1.5 billion Muslims, they repeat the same thing, that the Bible has been changed, but they've never read it. It's like, it's like saying, I know, this car doesn't work, but you never rode in the car to see if it works or not. And so this is one of the reasons it gripped my heart that, not only God saved me from hating people, not only God gave me an understanding of salvation, yet millions of people, my neighbors, my classmates, my co-workers, don't even have the faintest idea on what did Jesus teach and why did he come to earth. And it's quite interesting when you look at it from your perspective. From a Western perspective, Christianity is a choice amongst many other ways of living. It's something that we study. It's something that we live out. Sometimes it can be quite a shallow faith in the Western world. Here you are saying that you're in the midst of a war-torn country. You discover this radical idea of loving your neighbor, of this prophet, as as some may call him, um, making outrageous statements like, you know, I'm the son of God. I am the one who is going to show you the right way to live. I am the one who calls you servant not servants not slaves but friends that's quite radical from a perspective of a young man growing up in a war-torn area surrounded by uh, a faith of very different aspects to christianity yes 
and this is important for us today. I mean, in the news today, the United States is asking the Australian government to bomb the Islamic State, ISIS. It, it is, it's the 21st century. It's the 21st century. And there are people teaching that God loves you when you kill someone else from another religion. The issue today is at the core of Islam. And tomorrow, through the training, we will touch a little bit on that the core of Islam is a political structure, not a religious structure. From 622 A.D., when Muhammad, the prophet of Islam, started Islam, the core of the faith is a political structure, not a religious structure. While with the gospel, different, Jesus had a different understanding that he brought to us. Jesus says, when you pray, you call God our Father who art in heaven. That statement is explosive because it shows that life is an understanding that what we do on earth is a gift from a heavenly father, not from a ruler, a master, a despot, but rather from someone who cares for you. So prayer for us is a conversation with my father, my heavenly father who loves me so much. This is the difference. Now, sadly, the Western world took the freedoms that the gospel brought, and what happens, they get to abuse it, which bothers me as a believer, because I feel Many times in the Western world, we use teachings that are very biblical. Uh, the Western world believes in truth, in honesty, in equality, in, uh, in helping each other, in, in uh, serving the one who are the needy. And so that's great. These are all Christian concepts. They didn't come from a, from a paper that somebody wrote. It came directly from, from the Bible. Who said, Jesus says, if you do anything to the least of those, you know, prison ministry, reformatory schools, medicine, health care, nursing, all started by people who knew the Word of God and knew Jesus. And so the difference between the faith of the, the teachings of Christ and religion, religion is a structure that we use to control people. Christ talked about the relationship. Christ said, you know, when you pray, you say this. When you fast, when you, when you do this. So I give to the poor, I help the needy, I, I do good as a result of the faith in my heart. It's a fruit, if you want to say, it's a, it's a, it's a fruit of God's work in me. It, it's, a, it's like Jesus gave this example where he said, I am the vine, you are the branches. The branch has to bear fruit. But then Christ does not command us to bear fruit. He commands us to abide in Him, which is funny. He says the, the branch should bear fruit or else you'll be cut off. And then the next verse, Jesus says, so abide in me so you bear fruit. This is the difference. Instead of I try to live good life, I try to obey God's word, it's the other way. I abide in Christ and Christ lives in me. So can I love my enemies? No, but Jesus in me can. Can I love my neighbor? No, but Jesus in me can. Can I have pure thoughts? No, but Jesus in me can. Can I have pure words? No, but Jesus in me can. This is where the core of the message of the teaching of Jesus, a change of the value inside out. Now, most people look at the Muslim's word and say, well, let's send them more money. Well, they have money. It hasn't solved anything. Let's give them education. A lot of those leaders are educated. They know how to read and write. They know how to uh, dismantle a bomb and make a bomb. So education helps, but it's not the solution. Um, 
politics. Everybody says, oh, maybe if we change the political system. You, look at this. Look at the, the, the Middle East today and look at the Western world. In the last uh, 15 years, since September 11, we've changed all the political sp- spectrum. All these countries have changed political spectrum and we still have more problems because the core of the issue, my brother, is sin. And sin is a disease that infects all people, regardless of race or religion. And the only savior from sin is Jesus, because he said, the healthy do not need a doctor, but the sick. Christ is the healer for our biggest disease, which is called sin. Our guest is Fouad Masri. He is originally from Beirut in Lebanon these days, uh, an American citizen, but in Australia, helping us in Australia to understand more about reaching out with the good news of the gospel to those of the Islam faith. He's uh, an interesting character so far, just uh, hearing his story about how he let go of some of his prejudices against uh, Jewish people, against Christians, and came to understand the truth on his own terms. Fouad, uh, tell us a little bit more about your role here in Australia, because what what I'm understanding is that you're here to help Australian Christians uh, forget all about uh, any of what the media says, forget anything about what they understand about the Islamic faith, and find a way to talk to them as real people and, and share the gospel. Yeah, I mean, that's uh, partly what we're trying to do. The number one goal for Crescent Project is we wanted to partner with Africa Inland Mission on putting four seminars, and we have one tomorrow here in Sydney, and then it'll be Brisbane Tuesday, Adelaide on Thursday, and Melbourne next Saturday. These events, we call them bridges, and our goal is how to build bridges with Muslims. Now, people can come and register tomorrow. We start tomorrow's training, and they can register at 9 o'clock. They can go to our website, uh, africainlandmission.org forward slash au for Australia. So africainlandmission.org slash au. But the core of the training, we have other training. We have a one-day seminar. We have a a two-day seminar. We have a one-week training that we give on how to build uh, bridges and reach out to Muslim friends and neighbors and coworkers. But this is also available as an app. So if the listeners are listening and they have a smartphone, uh, whether it's uh, iPhone or Android, you can go on the App Store and put Bridges Study, and they can download the Bridges Study. Also, my last book is called Connecting with Muslims. is also available. It's out with InterVarsity Press. The reason I'm saying this because I know that some listeners will be able to come, some they cannot. Our goal today is to rally the church to share the hope with Muslims. This is the greatest thing we could do. There is 1.5 billion Muslims who don't know anything about Jesus. Most Muslims are taught that Jesus was born under a palm tree. That is not correct. Jesus was born in a manger, not under a palm tree. Even the simplest part of the story is not told to millions of Muslims. So what we are trying to share with the church, one, God is moving. In the last 20 years, more Muslims have become followers of Jesus than the previous 1,400 years. Number one reason, they met an authentic Christian. They met a practicing Christian. Number two, they read the Bible in their own language. Number three, they saw a vision or a dream of Jesus. 
but to focus on reason number one. Until we as believers, as followers of Christ, we look at Muslims as people that God loves them. Now, I'm not saying to ignore the news. I'm not saying that. I'm just asking for us to, to go deeper than just the news. Jesus is not telling us to sort people as friends or enemies. Jesus is telling us we are all the enemies of God, and the only way we can become friends with God is through taking him as a personal Savior and Lord. So our challenge is to look at Muslims as people who are victims. Islam is a problem, absolutely. In the last 1,400 years, Islam has failed to solve any problems. Look at the human history and look at the Muslim history. It has failed. Whether you look at the Sunni-Shia conflict or the Kurds or the Turks or the Arabs, you know, it has failed. But Muslims are the victim. Muslims are people many times are pious. Muslims want to do what is right. Muslims want to talk about God and the prophets. So many times, we as Christians, we look at Muslims and turn the other way. And what we are trying to ask believers is not to do so, but rather to take the initiative. Take the initiative. So in our training, we have a couple of points on how to take the initiatives, four attitudes. Then we have 12 points to understand a culture. We have uh, different ways to begin a conversation and how to end the conversation. It's as important on how to begin and how to end, because most of the time we end the conversation with our Muslim friend with a debate or a fight. That's not the way of Jesus. In the book Connecting with, uh, with Muslims, the core of the book is speaking like Jesus. Most Christians say to me, okay, I want to speak to them about Jesus. Wait, 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 wait. Before we get there, we need to be like our master. We have to be like our savior. We have to learn how to speak like him. Jesus spoke in a way that made people listen. Christ spoke in a way that made people ask questions and respond. So many times when we sit with our Muslim classmate or co-worker, or maybe I'm, I'm sitting in a plane and, and the next person who sits next to me is a Muslim, how can I begin a conversation like Jesus did, and then how to keep the conversation going about Jesus, and then how to end it in a way that will continue next time if they meet another believer or if I meet that person. Sadly, mo- most people have a toolbox uh, and, you know, everybody has a toolbox. You put tools. And whenever we want to talk about Jesus, we have a toolbox. But sadly, some people have a hammer. Every time they see somebody, they want to hit him with the hammer. You know, so it becomes, our message becomes, you know, hammer in the morning, hammer in the evening. No, what Christ wants us to do is have a toolbox, but multiple tools. Yes, sometimes we might use the hammer. Yes, if I'm talking to somebody and they're living in a way that's reckless and not according to the Word of God, I might say, hey, you know, what you're doing is not right. It's not right biblically. It's not right socially. But another time, maybe you want to use a screwdriver or a chisel or, or you know, different tools. So what we do in our training is help believers in Jesus get a toolbox on how they can begin a conversation and how to end it. It's interesting, other, too, at this time, yes. because as we look around our communities, um, there are a lot of refugees from, from different faiths, and especially from the Muslim faith, coming into Australia who are, you know, part of our community. They're, they're at our schools. They're um, at our shopping centers. And, and we see them, but we sort of don't see them. We're sort of like, oh, we don't really want to talk about that because all we see is what, what's on the news. But uh, what, from what I can hear is you're saying that um, 
you know, the basics are actually quite simple and, and your aim is to teach us the basics and, and not be afraid of starting a conversation and doing so in a very respectful and, and gentle way. Yes, and if I may share with people that this is God's work. God is moving in ways we've never seen before. You know, 38 Sunnis were baptized in one day in January. I was in Beirut, Lebanon. We are seeing a new move. Muslims are taking Bibles. Muslims are asking about Jesus. You know, we, we've we've seen something happening that's never been done, happening before. So uh, God is moving, and Muslims are responding. I mean, uh, what my friend Muhammad, Muhammad, five years going to church and arguing with the pastor, and then uh, five years later he became a believer. I asked him, why did you become a believer? He said, Fahad, I could not get over how much the church loved me, how much they, they honored me, even when I was mean. Uh, my, another person, Jamili, Jamili is a Shia. In high school, she met a, a group of believers, and they invited the youth group. She would go there three years. They would pick her up and drive her to the youth group 20 minutes, one way. Uh, three years later, she became a believer. She said to me, I could not get over how much the youth group loved me and listened to my questions and my complaints. Uh, sometimes we think, you know, uh, the gospel is just a message. No, the gospel is life and loving people. Uh, one of the stories our listeners might like, uh, a lady invited two Afghan refugees and was showing them a movie on the life of Christ in Dari. Dari is the language of the Afghans. And she had a friend with her who spoke Dari. When the film was over, uh, the, the two Afghan ladies with their hijab on, uh, the scarf, they started crying. So the lady, the believer, asked them, are you crying because Jesus hung on the cross? They said, no, we're crying because he rose from the dead and no one told us. They said we were raised that Jesus was a prophet, that Jesus did miracles, but then God took him to heaven. We didn't know what happened and why nobody told us that he rose from the dead. And the reason I like to share the story is sometimes we as believers think, oh, everybody has heard the story. No, that's not true. Millions of people have not even heard the Christmas story or the idea that there were shepherds and that there were angels, and there were kings who brought gold and frankincense and myrrh, and that there was a crucifixion, and there was a resurrection, and Jesus saying, wonderful word, I do not leave you orphans. I am going to prepare a place for you. Wow, that's a leader. That's a leader who's taking care of his followers. He says to you and I, I am preparing a place for you. This is the leader I want to follow. Not a leader who says to me, kill yourself and maybe you go to heaven. I want to follow a leader who says, I'm taking care of you. It's amazing that how many people haven't heard. So our challenge, number one challenge, is number one, let's have compassion. When you have compassion, that does not mean you agree. We're not asking Christians to agree with any political statement. We're not asking Christians to agree with Islam. We're not asking Christians to do anything other than have compassion. The Muslims in your community, you do not know why they're there. Maybe they're here running away from a problem. Maybe they are refugees. Maybe they're just emigrating. They just want to raise their family. Maybe they're here because they lost someone in their country and they're afraid they're going to be next. You know, we don't know why they're here. But we have one sure thing, is you and I have to have compassion. Asking God to give us compassion, that's the role of Jesus. 
Right. The second thing we ask believers to do, and that's what we'll do more in the training tomorrow, is begin a conversation. Sometimes, you know, a Muslim shows up next to us, we think, oh, they're not interested talking about God. That's not true. Most Muslims today would like to talk about God. Most Muslims even might feel like they want to talk about the peacefulness of Islam. Okay, great. Let them say their peace. Let them say their, their representation. They might talk about peace and Islam how Islam is the perfect religion, how Islam is the peaceful religion. You know, the facts say different. But for me, I don't criticize. I always bring the conversation to Jesus. Uh, one of the stories I like to share is I was talking to a Libyan about the Lord, a Libyan immigrant. And he said to me, Fahad, we Muslims know Islam has problems. But it's like being in a house with a leaky roof. You know, the roof is leaking. So there's drips of water. And he said, you know, we know that the house has a leaky roof, but it's better to be in the house than outside in the rain. And as, as he said that, in my mind, immediately, like you get this idea, what my Muslim friend, my Libyan friend needs, he needs to know about the house of Jesus, where the roof doesn't leak. So for me, instead of attacking Islam and Muhammad and all this religion i ignore i don't ignore it in a sense as much as i refocus the conversation on the messiah jesus why should i criticize islam why should i criticize muhammad they already have the problems i mean anybody who's now in australia if islam is a perfect religion and a perfect society people should be going the other way not coming to australia mm-hmm. australia is a country that was based on christian teachings and australia was based they have a uh, they have a not the Quran as their law. They have a law that's designed by the Australian people. So, if Islam is a perfect society, people should be going there. Instead, people are leaving these countries because they are failing. And so, we need to understand our role is not to be criti- critical of others or even critical of Prophet Muhammad or critical of Islam. My role is to talk about the Messiah. So, we ask Christians to have compassion. Two, to take the initiative. And then three, keep the conversation on Christ. And then lastly, I would like to challenge all our listeners. If you love Jesus, find an Arabic Bible. Find a uh, Urdu Bible. Find a Farsi Bible. Find a Bible in their language and give it to them as a gift and let them read it. My friend Haitham, you know, a, a Shia, started reading the Bible in Arabic, and he gets to the Sermon on the Mount where Jesus says in Arabic, Blessed are the pure of spirit, because they will see God. He gets baptized a year later. He said to me, I could not get over, I could not shake these words from the words of Jesus, how different they are. So my brother and my sister, if you are listening, our job is to have compassion. Our job is to show them the love of Christ. Our job is not to criticize Islam. You know, we can, but that's not going to go anywhere. That's going to build walls. Jesus wants us to build bridges. And the role of the bridge is to show love, show compassion, and focus on Christ. There are more to discuss for sure, but we have a whole day on the training. And so uh, I, I'm sure that uh, a few minutes on the radio will not suffice. But I, I wanted to kind of make sure that our listeners get a taste and get some tools in their toolbox on communicating with their Muslim friends.
What will it be like when you sit down and using some of the tools that Fuad Masri, our guest this hour, has already said that uh, are helpful in sharing the gospel with a Muslim? What will it be like when uh, we see more Muslims coming to the Christian faith? Will that change the world? Fuad Masri certainly seems to think so. As I said, our guest is Fuad Masri. He was born and raised in Beirut in Lebanon. Uh, in 1993, he founded something called the Crescent Project to nurture transformational relationships between Christians and Muslims. And he is in Australia as the guest of African Inland Mission, offering training to people in uh, Sydney, Brisbane, Adelaide and Melbourne. And he joins us on the radio today for those who maybe can't get to the training. It's been an interesting conversation so far, and uh, there are some questions that are being asked. So I'm going to uh, hand over to uh, Jonathan from Perth in Western Australia. Jonathan, good day. Yes, hello. Hello, Jonathan. You know, when I listen to the guy, he touches touches me because he knows that my mission was to send the gospel to Muslim, but I don't know how to do it before I came to Australia. So really, I just want to have his particulars. I don't get comment to me, but I want to get in touch with him that he will be able to help me to know how to get closer to the Muslim because it's one of the tough areas we can want to reach them with love, but we don't know how to do it. That's what I wanted to say today. I don't have comment because all what you say, I experience it. Jonathan, uh, obviously, uh, you know, you're a regular listener to Vision Radio, and we love that you, you've phoned in and, and asked this question and, and asked to find out more. Uh, tell us a little of your background. Where, where did you come from before coming to Australia? I came from West Africa, Liberia. I was a, a, a Christian before I went to Bible schools in, in my home. I completed a Bible college, and I started teaching in a mission school, and I started later on, went to the primary school, government school. I taught there for years, and what drove me from Liberia, came into Africos, from Africos, from 19, 1995, I went to Guinea, and what drove me from Guinea, and gave me a time, this is how I sent, I asked for the uh, United Nations to help me, and they were able to, fortunately, that time, the Australian, they sent their team there to go assess and bring people to Australia. I was lucky. I was blessed by them to bring me to Australia in 2005. And I arrived into Australia December 13. I and my family, we are here today. Mm. had some words of encouragement for Jonathan? Yes. Well, praise God, you're in, in a country that has a lot of freedom. May God use you to share the freedom with others. Um, there's some uh, materials he can download from the website if he yeah. goes to um, a crescentproject.tv. And Crescent is C-R-E-S-C-E-N-T, P-R-O-J-E-C-T, yeah. crescentproject.tv, like television. There are uh, a lot of downloads. He can download materials that he can watch and gives him training. Uh, I am sorry that Nigeria is not having very good um, relationship between Muslims and Christians, and there's some struggles. However, he can reach to a lot of Nigerians, not only in Australia, but in other countries. Um, and thank God he's here. So thank you, John, for calling, and may God use you to not only reach Nigerian, but other Muslims from Africa and other countries, because once they see that the gospel is in, in other countries, it will challenge them to consider the words of Jesus.
Jonathan, I'm just going to put you on hold and uh, I'll pass you back to John and he can uh, give you those details again and and help you get access to those resources. Okay, okay, okay. Thank you. Jonathan from Perth in Western Australia. Robin from uh, Mount Morgan in Queensland has also called in. Robin, uh, g'day. Yes, yes, hi. Um, I I wanted to say um, I've had a chance to um, meet a lot of Muslim people. Um, I was in Pakistan during the first Gulf War. That's in 1991. I was there for three months. I have, um, I've had Pakistani friends for more than 20 years. They're mostly Christian. But when I was over there, it was amazing because, first of all, there were threats, death threats um, against some missionaries that I was associated with. But what, what um, struck me was so many um, Muslims were really friendly as well. But um, I saw husbands that were so loving toward their wives. Like we, we tend to see all the negatives and everything and and when you get to know them um when you get to know people individual people you find out they're really no different to us but we all have prejudices in our cultures and that's what we need to overcome and um it's really important to to relax with people um of other cultures just build relationships build build relationships with them to overcome these walls but if if you'll spare me the time I can give one story of um, a doctor in Pakistan I, I was so amazed um, I, my friend over there that I was staying with he and his family he, he's a pastor and so he would take he took me once on his rounds with um, this other pastor and they were healing people Muslims Muslims know that Jesus heals so they would call them when they were sick and and my friend Yol would go and um um, pray for them and they'd get better but Yol would always challenge them to to make Jesus Lord but usually they, they didn't they just see him as a prophet but they do acknowledge him as a healer which is amazing but anyway I myself was sick over there and um, this little little young young guy young teenage boy who used to come visit was a friend of Yol's and his family and he was terribly disfigured from a fire accident his whole face and neck was all knitted together and just terribly scarred Anyway, when I was sick, um, he said, um, oh, my doctor friend will, will help you. I'll go and get him. And I, I really didn't believe that a doctor would come to our house to, you know, to tend me. So we went off to the main hospital and I came back and this doctor was there in his car with his car. And anyway, he was very friendly, invited me home for dinner and um, really, really nice people. And he actually confessed he ate, eats pork. Which is a real no-no to um to Muslims. But the important thing is is to see people as people, no matter yep. what their culture is, and just to get to know them. Maybe slowly, if you're not, you know, if you don't have the confidence, and just um just look at your own prejudices too. We've got yep. to um you know stop saying or, you know just seeing what we see um from the news and everything, and then just assume that everyone's like that. Thank you, Robin. Thanks for sharing and thanks for being in Pakistan. Uh, Mm -hmm. What we are asking is exactly what you started with, that we move the prejudice and start the conversation. Mm. Sadly, today, most people, even when they have a meal with their Muslim neighbor, they never get the conversation about the uniqueness of Jesus. And Mm. you touched on that, that they believe in Jesus as the healer, and not all of them, but most of them, if they have met believers or read anything about Christ and Islam, the Quran says Jesus is the healer. Yes. So you are correct. There is there is that uh, foundation that we can start from on why Jesus is the one that heals, why Jesus heals even today. 
And, and many times our encouragement for believers is to take these opportunities and share with them. Like when Christ was teaching and, and the disciples interrupted him, which is funny. Here's the Lord of Lords teaching and the greatest teacher, and they interrupt him because they were worried that the people are going to, uh, you know, uh, starve to death because they didn't have a meal. Oh, yeah. And Jesus used that as a way to glorify the name of the Father and glorify uh, the message of of, uh, of salvation. My uh, my challenge for us, and I think you have started on this, move beyond the prejudice to start mm. the conversation. Move beyond the conversation to talk about the Savior. Mm. But thank you for sharing, and, and I hope you keep those friendships going. Even with that doctor, maybe you can send him a Bible in Urdu. Thank you so much for calling. Okay, thank you. That's Robin from Mount Morgan joining in our conversation. Don't forget, you can also share your stories. Maybe you've got an encounter that you've had with people of Muslim faith, or or perhaps there's something about what Fuad said that you want to challenge him on and and, and ask him for more information. Please do, 1-800-316-316. Our guest is Fuad Masri. As uh, you've heard, he is someone who has been evangelizing and sharing the gospel for many, many years. Fuad, one thing that that keeps coming out from what Robin has said um, and, and from reactions to people when they hear this message is that it's important to show the love, true love, not just, oh, you know, well, we're going to do something and if we're lucky, we'll get to tell people about Jesus, this bloke we believe in, but... It's about showing real love, isn't it? Yes, and uh, um, let me just highlight one quick thing. If people need all our resources are available as an e-books and audiobooks on Unlock, you know, Lock the Door, Unlock the Truth, unlockthetruth.net is where they can get all these downloaded. For the conferences, it's africainlandmission.org slash au. The key point that Robin is bringing that, and what you brought is important for us because today we think that building a friendship and having a relationship is going to take all day. Many times people say, well, how can I build a friendship with a Muslim? I don't have time. We're not asking people to say, my Muslim is going to become my BFF, you know. We're not going to, but it could be somebody who's your friend on Facebook. It could be someone who's in your neighborhood. Um, it could be you help someone know how to how to drive or teach someone where to shop for food or, you know, you teach them how to play rugby or, you know, you take them uh, uh, to watch a game. Many times we think that building a friendship and showing love is this major ordeal. Uh, one, one person I was doing a training and he said to me, well, I don't want to learn Arabic. Well, not all Muslims are Arab. Most Muslims today are not even Arab. They don't even can read the, the Quran in Arabic. So the, we need to look beyond the idea of, you know, my relationship with my Muslim friend is going to, you know, take all my time. It could be something as simple as, you know, talking to them or sitting having a tea with them. Uh, Robin was in Pakistan, and then she met a doctor. So uh, there are Pakistanis now yeah. in Australia. There are people coming from many countries. It could be just having them over for a cup of tea, and or they might say to you, why don't you come to our house? We'll go. And that just interaction, even the 10 minutes, God will use to change uh, the relationship. 
Ina from Queensland's also um, got a, a question or a comment that she'd like to add in for. Well, What's Ida? your name? Ida from Queensland. Ida, hello. Welcome to 2020. Hello. Uh, they didn't quite get my correct name, but that's all right. Um, anyway, yes, well, it's only the love of God, and that's right. And the Lord's helping me with evangel. Like the Lord's been helping me to reach out to a lot of people and... I mean, I had a father from a new Australian background and, um, yeah, from, uh, you know, when... What I found is that there's a wonderful general ground that we can often uh, meet Muslims and I give out these beautiful pictures with scripture and they always take them. They always take the beautiful... I've even had Imran's take them. I didn't know they were Imran's. And they loved the beautiful pictures with the scriptures on them. I've never found them being hostile against. And they're always embracing of that. And I've reached out. I've prayed for Muslim women. I That wasn't my name, but I won't say my name in public. But I actually have... Well, they, they're using my name in the Muslim faith as well. But it's an, my dad was a new Australian from the um, former Soviet Union background but it's a long story but the thing I is, is that, um, yeah, yeah. we'll just quickly that, ask know, Fouad to um, break in there because we're running out of time and, um, Fouad uh, I'm going to be in Brisbane I'd love to meet you you do have Ida is an Arabic name also so no wonder that God gave you that name for a reason so you can open the discussion with many Muslims yeah. but we will be in Brisbane on Tuesday would love to see you there if you are able to yeah. If you hold the yeah, line for a moment, well, Ida, I'll pass you back to our, our producer, John, and, and he can give you some more details of, of when Fuad is in Queensland. Uh, so please just hold the line for a moment. Fuad, we're, we're nearly out of time, but just quickly uh, wrapping up your training in Sydney this weekend and then uh, heading across uh, Brisbane, Melbourne and Adelaide next week. Just tell us more about uh, where people can find information about what you're doing with African Inland Mission. Yes, it's... Uh Africa Inland Mission dot org uh, that's org slash au for Australia and um, in Brisbane we're going to be at Beanley 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 Baptist Church and it's Tuesday the 25th Adelaide is Thursday and then Melbourne all day Saturday uh, in Sydney tomorrow we'll start in uh, Color uh, Coloroy um Center here in um, Sydney, and we'll start uh, the registration at nine nine thirty to uh, six o'clock. We will have a discussion and multiple sessions on how to begin a conversation, what to say, what is God doing, what are the things that really impact Muslims for the gospel, how to take questions they ask and share the gospel with Muslims. All right, we're going to put those details up on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash vision radio. You can go there and get all the details. Fouad Masri, thank you so much for your time today. Thank you. God bless. Like what you've just heard? There's more great podcasts. Or you can listen to us live at vision.org.au. And remember, Vision is listener supported. Your donation of any amount will help us continue connecting faith to life. Learn more or donate today at vision.org.au.